You're listening to Embarrassing Family, where we share our weirdest, wackiest, and wildest family stories. Hello, everyone. Today, as our guest, we have Anthony Jeannot. He is a critically acclaimed stand-up comedian. He's performed sold-out shows around the world. So, Anthony, I hear your grandpa's quite the character. Can you tell me a little about him? Yeah, so my grandfather growing up was kind of always the life of the party in a way that, I mean, probably now looking back would suggest a drinking problem uh, in that, like, you know, he was he was the kind of guy that that uh, he would get be the first one drunk and then we would have been like, what, maybe five, six, like I, a bunch of younger cousins. And uh, the way what would happen is his wife, my grandmother, obviously, um, would go around and hide all of the bottles of whiskey um, at the party. And then the way he'd get around that was to try and make it a fun game for us. So he'd play, he'd be like, oh, she's hidden the whiskey. Go find it for me. And for us, we were just playing hide and seek. But actually, we were probably, uh, <laughs> probably helping him drink too much. I love that, getting the kids to do his dirty work. Yeah. And, and he knew that grandma couldn't tell us off. Very clever, this guy. Yeah, a little bit of a political power play there. It was very, very smart man. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things where that, that kind of um, jovial kind of love for the party, love for drinking, it, it's continued right throughout um, my life and my growing up in him. Because like, like I said, that was when we were maybe five or six. And then um, a few years ago, maybe uh, three or four now, um, he, he was uh, at a party and, and just followed something wrong and they thought he was choking. And they took him to the hospital to do some tests. Um, and when they took him to do, do the test, uh, as they went to give him a blood test, he stopped the nurse and he put his hand on her arm and he said, please, let me ask you one thing. Take all the blood you want, but leave the beer in there. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was, it was a beautiful moment as well in terms of, because my grandmother and, and him are obviously like chalk and cheese, you know, um, as I, I, I think the story uh, at the start sort of explained. And, and um, so when he did that, she's obviously worried about him. We're all in the hospital. And my grandma and my, my grandpa, they've been married 60 years. So they've got that kind of relationship where um, like, it's almost entirely built on fighting nowadays, you know what I mean? And so he said that to the nurse, and I remember she yelled at him. She's like, Luke, shut up. You're embarrassing everyone. And he was like, I, I'm embarrassing everyone. I might be dying here. And she was like, well, then shut up and die quietly. And it was just like, <laughs> we're all just there in the hospital. Like, what are we supposed to do? Like, they've both got a point. Heaven forbid you don't, uh, you don't embarrass us. That's worse than you dying. <laughs> Yeah, how how dare you crack a joke at, at this moment? And and even like I think my the, the most embarrassing story I I have about him, and this is like mo most of it, like it's all endearing, and I I love him dearly. But this this was one that was like actually embarrassing. Is is uh um we were at dinner at their house uh, maybe ten years ago. So we're we're adult children, uh yeah, adult grandchildren at that point. It was me, my sister, my mum, my dad, and both my grandparents and we had the the news on in the background as 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 you know most modern families do and it's kind of no one's paying attention to it and then there was a news story that came on about a um about a 78 year old man who had managed to get his like 
70-year-old wife pregnant and the medical marvel. And he um he was sitting next to me and he just tapped me on the shoulder and he goes, see, he's like me, strong. <laughs> <laughs> and then the worst part of that was like my grandmother, usually very like um like very hostile to him, <laughs> she kind of just rolled her eyes and went, like, he's not lying. His boys can swim. Uh, something I didn't need to know, but now I do. And now all your listeners do too. Maybe you'll have some new uh, aunts and uncles sometime soon. I wouldn't put it past him. He's, he's, uh, uh, he's going on 90 now, so he's, he's doing well. I guess that, that alcoholism has, uh, has worked out well for him. Yeah, it is, it is funny because, um, he, he's, I mean, smoked all his life too and, and, and <laughs> loves a drink. He's, he's, he's not lived a lifestyle a doctor would recommend, but he, he must have, I guess maybe it's, you know, happy people live longer. Yes, yeah, exactly. I mean, some people, they just have the best genes. They can just drink and smoke and do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> they still live to like a hundred. Yeah, he's, it's funny. I, I think there's a lot of it that's just, you know, island life. Cause like that, he came over from Mauritius to uh, Australia where I grew up when, when uh, they were sort of in their thirties. And so, I think it's just that relaxed island life vibe that, that is kind of carried on, you know, and then um, obviously obviously brings a lot to any kind of social situation. Is it your, your mom's dad or your dad's dad? It's my, yeah, my dad's dad, yeah. Okay, so how does your dad feel about your grandpa? Is he like him? Is he, like, embarrassed by him? Like, what's, what's that relationship like? No, I think, um, I think it's always, uh, I think, I think, there it's a really tight-knit family so I think there there is a lot of um yeah just a lot of a lot of uh love and and respect for you know that that's the way the way he's like and it 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 gives a good mood to people so I think yeah I I don't think there's there's really too much um hostility there like occasionally we've had you know um people dating people who who didn't understand it obviously like um family dynamics are like that right like sometimes if, if, if you're not uh actually to be fair one of my one of my ex-girlfriends probably didn't didn't completely understand it and and it, it i think it, it's more of a red flag to 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 the newcomer than it ever is on 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 the way we see see him yeah it's like a rite of passage for your for your girlfriends it's like you know you have to meet my grandpa and get to tolerate him and then you can be then you can be marriage material. Yeah, and to be fair, like he um he is above all else, like a, a kind and giving person. And so because he's gonna treat them well, if 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 somebody like if the biggest problem you have with somebody is that they're a bit loud and a bit goofy and a bit, you know, um a bit overly jovial or whatever. If if that's if that's the problem that you're if, if that's where you're having problems with people, I think that's a, often a poor reflection on you. You know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it seems like he's having a you know good time. You know, not hurting anyone. Just just being his his fun self. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's it. Right. He he's, he's just somebody who, who who wants to have a good time and wants others to have a good time. And and um, I think yeah, you just can't take yourself too seriously. Yeah, that's funny. My uh, my grandfather, he's a real character too. So my grandpa's from Italy, um, and he came over when he was about probably about ten. He's the proudest Italian uh, you'll ever meet. Like he still speaks the language. He still 
he goes over there every year. So like when we were kids, like, you know, he always used to talk about Christopher Columbus and how, you know, Christopher Columbus, an Italian founded America. So when we were kids, we were like, you know, no, it turns out the the Vikings, they founded America. So my grandpa would be like, what? What are you talking about? That's not true. Columbus was the founder of America. It was him. It was the Italians. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I do think um, particularly uh, like that, that kind of national pride is something that a, a lot of older family members have in, in, uh, in, in occasionally uh, irrational ways. I've got a question about the, um, yeah. the that is how does he go with seat belts? Was that, is that something that he still kind of, because I, I've, I've, I noticed when I was in Italy um, recently that there, there is still kind of a bit of a, in, in some parts at least, a really scepticism towards the stupid pesky seatbelt. Um, uh, is that something that, that he's he doesn't love a seatbelt or is he kind of fine with? I'm not sure. Um, I know he's a very like, he's a very like aggressive driver. Like he's always up everyone's ass when they're on the road. Um, you know, my mom says that he has a guardian angel because he drives so recklessly and he's never gotten to an accident or hurt. Um, but I don't, I don't know what his feelings are towards seatbelts. I'd never noticed. I once saw in Italy a dude. So you know how cars um, beep if you don't put the, the modern cars, if you, you don't have your seatbelt plugged in, they beep at you to say, hey, put your seatbelt on. You're, you're driving without a seatbelt on. That's not cool. So they just like beep to alert you. I've never heard that. No. Uh, it's, it's, I guess it's a safety feature in, in a bunch of cars. But um, I saw a guy who, to get around that, rather than wear his seatbelt, had cut the material and then plugged the metal bit into the seatbelt. So the car thought the seatbelt was plugged in. Um, so he could could just drive around without the alarm going up. It's like you're just going through all that effort. Just wear your damn seatbelt. I mean, what's uh, what's the big deal? Yeah, yeah. If you're going to do all of that, you might as well just put your seatbelt in. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's both ridiculous and ingenious. It's like if only they use their that genius for like actual useful things instead of like figuring out how to how to uh, bypass the seatbelt regulation. I do love that. In in uh, I think it is a thing, particularly of older older um, generation sort of uh, relatives, is that there is a kind of DIY mentality, regardless of whether that is probably the 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 easiest thing. Like. My grandfather, until way like like I said, ninety now, until way too old, was still like welding fences for the family and shit like that. Because no, no, you're not paying someone to do that. I know how to do it. I'll do it for you. And it's like it's not whether you know how to or not. It's like we we have the money and and you, you don't need to do this anymore. Like just let somebody else weld the damn fence. Yeah, my grandpa's like that too. Like he, well, he he's like kind of a handyman. Like he's done like carpentry and like plumbing and like work all around the house. So like he just completely will like tear up stuff and like do all these DIY projects. Like one time he built like a pizza oven. One time he built like a greenhouse and like a chicken coop. And one time he like built like a fish pond. He has this like huge garden with like all these different plants. And like, he's always talking about how he like loves to kill like the groundhogs. He's like, oh, this groundhog I drowned. This groundhog I shot. This groundhog, like I kept him in the trap and I let him starve to death for like a week. 
this groundhog I saw on this plant and then I drowned him and then I woke up and it was on the plant again and I drowned him again. And then I woke up and it was on the plant again and I drowned him again. I, there's, I'm sure there's a name for that. Leah, let's just say I hope uh, when he gets to like heaven, it's not judged by a groundhog because then he'll be, uh, he'll be, uh, he'll be uh, going down to hell. That's for sure. Yeah, he'll be stuck in a, a Groundhog Day scenario where there is a groundhog on the plant, but there is no sufficient way to kill it. I like that Groundhog Day. It's a perfect way to perfect way to torture someone. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, um, do you have any other uh, interesting uh, family members? I don't know how interesting this is, but we'll find out. I had an inter- uh, a story a couple of years ago where uh, I was, well, I went to the the World Cup in Russia. Um, I live in London now. And my, my family's back home in Australia. And I booked tickets to go with my cousin from Australia. Um, and so he, he paid for his football game tickets. As part of having tickets to the football, you already you also got your entry visa into Russia. Um, and so I'm living in London and I'm, he told me I'm arriving on this day. And then I asked about it like, oh, but what time? Do you need me to meet you somewhere? Blah, blah, blah. I didn't get any details. And... Um, then he just never arrived. So then I took my flight to Russia um, and then he just never arrived again. And so I messaged him like, hey, dude, like, do you want me to try and sell these tickets? Are you still coming? Like, what's the deal? And to this day, I still don't know why <laughs> a, a trip to Europe and the World Cup in Russia was somehow something you forgot about. So he just, just totally stood you up and he just, he just never came? Yeah, he just never came. Did you talk to him afterwards? Did he? Did you ask for like some sort of like explanation? Yeah, it's it's one of those things, right? Where I I asked at the time, but also I was in Russia and having a great time, so I I, I wasn't gonna focus too much on on that. I asked a couple of times and didn't get a straight answer, and then I wasn't back in Australia for like another year after that event. And so then when I when I actually saw him and I asked, and it was like. He's an older cousin and he's like, ah, yeah, yeah, rascal. And it's like, oh, that's not an answer, but oh, well, water under the bridge now. I, I, I guess the sort of thing is like, what can you say to that really? <laughs> like, at some point you knew you weren't coming to Russia. It's a long, it's not like um, it's an hour down the road and you slept in and oh, you thought you were going to make it. Like either you had a flight or you didn't and you were on it or not. Like at some point you knew you weren't getting there and you didn't communicate that. It's not like it's like, oh, I'm going to be like, you know, 20 minutes late, you know? And it is funny because he's, he's always been a no RSVP guy. You know, everyone in the family has has the dude who like uh, replies plus one and then doesn't bring anybody and then doesn't reply plus one and he brings a threesome, you know, that kind of guy. <laughs> um, uh, so he's always been that, but that, that was... Uh, that was an escalation. I guess kind of like the, the jokes on him. Cause I mean, he missed out on the world cup. I mean, how many times are you ever going to, you know, see that in your life? Yeah. And, and to be fair, I, I've not been to other world cups. I'd love to go. I imagine Rio de Janeiro would have been a, a, a sick party, but Russia was wild, you know, because it's, it's Russia normal, but also it's like Russia on its best behavior because all of a sudden they're like trying to be, touristy you know it's a it's a real weird dichotomy yeah putin's gonna kill anybody who uh who makes any scenes you know that you know the kgb is gonna be on those people they're not gonna be sent to siberia they're not gonna see the light of day again yeah i think all, all their worst people were, were put on hiding for a, a couple months and, and then let out after 
Yep, those Russians, they know how to they know how to keep everything under control. I think we could learn a thing or two from them. It is, I mean, it it is wild to to be in a country where because you hear about propaganda and, and like countries like UK talks about propaganda, Australia where I'm from talk about it. And and I mean, I, there's I'm sure there's varying degrees of validity of some arguments here and some arguments there. But when you see a country where that's been so successful, you go, oh, this is a different beast. Like when uh, when he was making his um, announcement to open the, the, the games, like the minute he walked on stage, it was like a rock star walking on stage at a concert. Like everybody was chat, clapping and cheering and hooting and hollering. Well, if they're not, they're going to get killed. <laughs> Secret police is going to take them away. <laughs> come from like if a prime minister walks on stage he gets booed you know yeah i mean if trump's gonna walk on stage i don't think everyone's gonna be cheering for him some people definitely yeah, do, oh yeah but not, yeah but they're at like politically partisan events as opposed to just um just any old sporting yeah it's um yeah it's, it's really it's, it's a side to behold what teams did you did you watch play there so i went to Australia versus France, which was the the, the opening um, the opening game, and that that was pretty interesting. Not least because I I had lived for the six months leading up to it in a household with uh, Australian housemates and French housemates, and I got along with everyone, but I definitely could see that there was a sense of humour clash between the two cultures where. Things that my Australian housemate friends thought was like a gentle ribbing, my, my French housemates personally, and things vice versa. Uh, and, and so I could see that on display in a small scale at the house. And then at the game, it was just so funny to watch like on the way home, like Australian fans trying to like have a joke at the expense of the French fans and the French fans sitting there and trying to lecture them in detail about how they were wrong and the Australians have no interest in being right. They're just taking the piss, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I saw that and then I saw Den- Denmark, Australia as well. Nice. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Have you have you seen any, your grandpa or any of your uh, your relatives since uh, since COVID began? Um, no, I've not, I've not been able to go home. But they don't let us in. Um, Australia has had closed borders since March. So... Um, yeah, and I mean that—that's obviously a, a challenge. My my um, my grandmother had a, a milestone birthday. She turned seventy-five, um, and you know, especially at the start of the pandemic, right? Like all of the news was about how this impacts older people, and both my my grandparents are still alive, and I'd, I'd not been home for twelve months, so. It's it's kind of lucky they didn't let me in because because they didn't let me in there there hasn't really been a, a big outbreak so you know you're the you're the you're the jinx they just have to keep you out myself and people like me um, yeah so so instead of going back home and from the UK and and taking it there I ended up in Barbados oh nice was that like a spur of the moment thing or were you just like were you something you thought out in advance partly luck partly fortune like it was just like where can I because I usually go home um in the european winter because it's too cold in the uk um and australians like sun um and so i was like where is hot that i want to go and then it worked out that we we booked it at the start of the year and then it worked out that barbados was 
kind of the only place that A would take us that besides that that, that wasn't having an outbreak. Do you know what I mean? Because that the, the way they're handling it, it is really quite good. Um, so I was like, okay, so we can go somewhere sunny. They're going to let us in. Also, um, because of their procedures, we're not part of the problem. Nice. So um, can you tell me a little bit about your podcast? Uh, I think it's called uh, Highbrow Drivel. Is that correct? That is. That is. It is. Um, do you know what? It, it, it's kind of one of those things because stand-up comedy, uh, most of, of my, my recent history, and then you get to a year like this and you can't get on stage and what are you going to do with, with that kind of creative energy? And obviously one of the things about this year that has been crazy is the amount of... Um, the amount that has been super clear that that people don't trust scientists. Like there's a lot of people who just, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, there's these guys who are, who were smarter than you in high school. They've spent their whole life trying to figure this shit out. And you, who I know nearly failed high school in your fucking basement with a YouTube video, think you've cracked it? Like We have a whole presidential administration based on that. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's, it's a, it's like so crazy and, and, and everything from like, you know, the, the flat earth movement is growing now and it's like how backwards do you weirdos want to take things? And so I thought like obviously it's, it's like a tiny little podcast. It's not changing the world. But I thought one of the things I find interesting and, and could do with my energy is to create a platform that tries to take the people who are doing this research and this thinking because I'm not particularly smart. I just know who's smarter than me. You know what I mean? So I want to talk to these people in language that I can understand, um, hopefully ask dumb questions that get the right smart answers and have a bit of fun along the way. So we, we talk to psychologists about why people believe in conspiracy theories. Um, last episode, I was talking to a guy whose whole job is to try and figure out the ethical considerations in machine learning, which is something that I think is like, oh shit, like that's going to have a big impact. And it's not something that I've heard people talking about, you know? Yeah. You don't want a Terminator situation or like a matrix. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I ask the right dumb questions of the right smart people. I hope. Better to ask the right dumb questions than the wrong smart questions. That's what I say. Yes. it's Well, I think that's a perfect thing. That is the whole thing of conspiracy theories, right? Is that actually sometimes they outsmart themselves and they get this little bit of data, which is good, be data-driven, but they just don't have the, the context and the framework to understand it. So yeah, you're right. It's better to ask the right dumb questions than the wrong smart ones. Yeah. So uh, where can people find um, your podcast or um, any of your stand-up material or if there's any way to connect with you? The podcast is Highbrow Drivel. That's got its own website and you can click on to any of your, you know, Spotify's or iTunes or anything like that. Or you can just search Highbrow Dribbly anywhere there. Um, I also have my stand-up comedy album that I recorded in Edinburgh. Well, I performed in Edinburgh and recorded in Australia right before the pandemic, actually. Um, and so that's on Spotify and Amazon Music and Apple uh, iTunes as well. And then... I'm on Instagram, Anthony Juno, Twitter, Anthony Juno. Um, they're probably the best social channels to get me. So yeah, it'd be cool to have people listening or have a chat. Always up for that. I've got plenty of time, as I'm sure most of us do at the moment in lockdown. Yep. 
Well, thank you, Anthony. You've been a wonderful guest. Um, I wish you uh, the best. Um, I also wish your uh, your grandfather the best. I hope he uh, continues to lo- live a long, um, fun, alcohol-fueled life. <laughs> keeps being very virile. Um, thanks so much for having me, David. It's been really fun. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Would you like to be a guest? Please send a story about your embarrassing family member to embarrassingfamily at gmail.com.